Why would he retire? Uh, Big road. Probably made his money, hasn't he? Has he? Well, I assume he's fairly handsomely paid at, at Southampton. Oh, I don't reckon he is. They got no money in Southampton. They need to level up there, do they? <laughs> no comment. His contracts have been 24, by the way. So that's when it'd be. That's only two years' time. How old is he? Not old enough to be um, going. He is... Uh, what? If, if total... 54. If total sportal is correct... 54? He, he only earns 21k a week. I don't believe that for a second. Only. 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 Well, I'll be getting more at United next season, Mike, so... Speaking of which... He must be one of the bookies' favourites for United, surely. Everyone thinks it's going to be Poch. He lost 9-0 there last year. I mean, that... That is how you get the United... (laughs) Glenton Hoddle's tipped him, so this has to happen. Okay. Okay. Right. Let's get to Sean Rod. Hello and welcome back to the uh, In and Around podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will and Mike's Bull in the Face, which is throwing me off. Um, <laughs> joining me this week, like every week, is uh, Sportspedia's number one, Joel Linton, and Talisa's super fan. And face puller, it's Mr. Michael Breslin. Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, and Mike- if, you'd like to know, if you'd like to know why I was pulling the face, it's because... <laughs> Transfer marks have just told me that, that Ralph Hasenhutl's preferred formation is a 4-4-2 with a double six. So it's a, so it's a 4 triple two. But I'm pretty sure it's a 4 triple two. yeah, like... Uh, like they've played... Like, uh, like Ralph Daniel. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I was pulling the face. Uh, I was quite confused at that. Yeah. Mike, so, I, know yeah. That, I know it's not end-ups, but it is football and pop related, so I'm coming to you for this. Would you care to comment on the news that Alexandra Burke has announced that she's having her first child with Darren Randolph? Darren Randolph? Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. a real thing? That's wow. A real thing. It's a real thing. Scoop right there. It's not a scoop. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Let's go Darren Randolph. That's what that's what I'll say. Um, a big fan of, of Danny Dyer and Jared Bowen while we're at while we're at it. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's that might be the, the best. The best relationship. Although I don't think they're having it's a kid, I, I don't know. You breaking no, news. <laughs> don't think I am. Alexandra Burke. Best X Factor winner? Uh, Hallelujah. That's what I say. Is it? <laughs> yeah, she's good, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to rattle off a few of the names. Uh, uh, James Arthur. James Arthur. Uh, like uh, him. Uh, Mac Cardle. Leona no. Lewis. Oh, it's Shane Leona. Lewis. It is no, Shane Le- Leona. It's got to be Leona. No. Uh, you say what you want. Alexandra Burke seems to have had a longer career than the rest of them. Uh, little Mix have made some money. Did they win? Did they win? According to this. Oh, okay. well, it's them then, Cause, isn't it? Sure. Well, because, I mean, if it's anyone, it's One Direction, isn't it? They didn't win, though, did they? Yeah, they no, they, win, didn't. Yeah. They, did, they didn't win, but if we're picking anyone... I mean, I'd rather not pick anyone, but since you no, asked, I did have to pick someone. Yeah, Mike, have you watched X Factor since Talisa left? Uh, I haven't. No, just like watching Man United, I try and avoid it like the plague. <laughs> um, while we're on the subject of Man United, I want you to uh, I want you to comment on the. <laughs> we're not doing you... this again, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I like your uh, your reflection on a tweet posted by the United account where <laughs> I saw this and like I thought I thought they must listen to the podcast because I'm like a week after Mike's complained about their Twitter they post a compilation of Paul Pogba's best passes <laughs> in a one-one draw. One, one draw. He didn't even <laughs> he didn't even win the game. Honestly, next it's going to be like Bill Jones headed highlight from the Carling Cup defeat to fucking whoever we lost to. Honestly. <laughs> I, I really, ha- I don't know if I said it on the pod. I think it was this week that I decided that I'm really close to unfollowing him. <laughs> I really am. I don't think I said it on the pod. No, you just said it to me when we were talking the other day. That's where I am. I, but I will say, I do feel sorry for whoever has to type out like, a point at Old Trafford or a, a lot of <laughs> difficult defeat away at Spurs. A point, it, a, pi- a point apiece. Yeah, or whatever it is. Honestly, the... those tweets, we know the score. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, like, what's the what's the best way to say, what's the best way to tweet that you drew 1-1 one, one at home to someone you should have beat? A point apiece? I don't know, but you'd think they'd have got good at it by now. <laughs> We've been doing this for seven years, or however long it is. Seven years. <laughs> right, good start. We, we've got the uh, we've got the Man United social media slander out of the way, so we can we can move on to other things now. Uh, also joining us today because we haven't finished the intro. <laughs> is not Dave. It's Pod Ross. How are you, Pod Ross? All right, boys. <laughs> the. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still enjoying they post the video <laughs> of Popper's best passes. No, let, we need to get away from that because it's making me angry. But <laughs> Ross is obviously in a better mood because that Arsenal didn't lose this week, so that's good. Oh, wait, did they? They lost in midweek? We didn't play. No, they won. No, no, we won. Everybody gets Wolves and then uh, we haven't played because Chelsea, we were due to play Chelsea, but they had the Club World Cup. They were off becoming champions of the world. No one cares. No, I know. I was watching the game and I'm like, oh, God. If it wasn't for Alas Piliqueta been having the opportunity to win it all, that game would have been thoroughly dull. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, just quickly on, the, on that, uh, Aspilicueta feigning that like he was going to take the penalty and taking all this heat off the yeah. That's hilarious. Genius, wasn't it? I Surely saw him the players couldn't that. They can't have believed that Aspilicueta was going to take the penalty, can they? I, I don't understand it. I mean, it was clear as day that it wasn't going to be him. I mean, uh, I wouldn't. He, he could probably. He's taken a good penalty this time. My big thing with Aspilicueta is obviously tremendous achievement to have won every trophy you could have done. Um, but also incredible. He played 120 minutes of football and managed to keep his shirt tucked in at all times. <laughs> yeah. In the testimonial, they should all be tucked in. Honestly. Um, so, lots of things to get through, but first we should address the elephant in the room. Uh, no Dave today. He's um, fortunately off having an operation. They're snipping his webbed feet. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't know how he's uh, how his flat's doing, but he's decided he no longer wants the webbed feet after he was bullied about it. So, um, best of luck, Dave, and we'll see you next week, hopefully, um, unless you've moved to Norwich. Um Right. Shall we get United out of the way? United no. and Southampton. But should we talk about Southampton instead? Yes. Can we talk about Southampton, please? Okay. Please. Okay. Um, Mike, 
did you watch this United game? I've, I've told you before, I don't watch these things. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> Do you see why I don't watch them now? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they were, they were all right in the first half. Again, this is, seems to be a bit of a theme Yeah. recently, that they're, they're decent in the first half. They can't put together anything for full 90. Sometimes even a full 45. Mm. Uh, a bit of a struggle. Obviously, Pogba, lots of great passes in there. Um, but no, I mean, the goal was nice. Um, I think it was Sancho who actually appears to finally be coming into a bit of form. But it doesn't matter when uh, still no one seems to know what they're doing. So, yeah, on Southampton, it's been a bit of a... It's been a bit of a strange season for them, but they are playing a lot better recently. Uh Ward Prowse, we've known, is a good player, but he has been fantastic the last six, eight weeks or so. He has indeed. <clears throat> really driving him forward. I, I quite, I've always, I've never really been sure with Armstrong, but he seems to be uh, putting in some better performances. Broger, we like. I think we do like Adams Broger. Is a good player. Um, and it was actually a lovely finish that he put past De Gea. So yeah, they're actually, I mean, you look at their eleven. And it's not great, but they're well coached. I think I am going to finally get on board the, the Hassan Hootle and Southampton train this evening. Um, <laughs> having been a bit unsure this season. And yeah, we're, we're all aboard the hype Southampton train. Let's go. Yeah. They're um, an interesting team. Like you said, they're well coached. Uh, I mean, they were perfectly set up against United. And they didn't do anything really different. But the, um, the two number 10s... Um, for Ralph Hasenhut Law, the left mid and the right mid, if you want to believe transfer mark, they um they did really good work in terms of getting in between the lines and making um kind of exposing that midfield of United, which is interesting. I just want to touch on United though, because it's a bit. I don't know about you, Ross. It's a bit. I've got this impression in my head that Southampton are one of these really hardworking teams that you have to fight for. So, do you think it? Do you think it's a bit odd to start with the midfield configuration that they did of Pogba, Fernandes and McTominay? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I just hate Bruno Fernandes, if I'm being honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it just leaves McTominay with a lot of work. But I suppose he's been doing that anyway, to be fair, alongside Fred. But... um, Worth noting that Fred I don't, uh, wasn't even on the bench, so I, I don't know if he was available for this game. Surely an injury. I don't know. I um, think, think he's injured, yeah. I think you haul out the corpse of Matic, maybe. I mean, you've got to find someone, haven't you? Surely. Yeah. yeah. That was just, he was never going to work, them three. As you say, Will, you know exactly what, pretty much, you know what Southampton are going to do, and they're going to keep running. And yeah. Man United are not good at is running. No, well, that's crazy. Well, Hassan Hutl after the game had one of those had one of those quotes where you sort of listen to it and you're like, you're like, oh my god, he's had you here, boys. Um, well, I'm trying to find it. He said, uh, he said it's no, it's not a big secret that when they lose the ball, that the reverse gears are not the best from everybody. Which, <laughs> if a manager whose team lost nine nil in this reverse fixture last year is turning up and laying your entire defensive system to bear in one quote you sort of know you've got a bit of a problem and credit to him that 
he set up his team in a, a manner that could really take advantage of it. Like the amount of time you 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 sort of looked up and you were like, hold on, they have got they beat some they've beat the lackluster first press and they've just got bags of space, bags of space. Yeah, it's it's no surprise given that. <clears throat> The front five, basically Ronaldo, Fernandez, Rashford, Sancho, Pogba. It's not, it's not majorly shocking news that these people don't track back the best. And yeah, no. Southampton are set up to take advantage of that. And it's it's funny because you think, given Ranić uh, coached Hassan how to coach and into this four-two-two-two system that you would uh, also n- maybe know how to negate it, but. Yeah, didn't have an answer for it, did he? I I find the whole I find the whole the whole situation baffling. I mean, at United, I, we've talked about it before the the short termism of Ranić's appointment as a manager and the egos there and having to deal with them. It it just seems seems already that it's going a bit toxic. But why why if he if he favours control of the football? Why is Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba playing? Because as soon as as soon as something went wrong here, they went they went into full hero ball, is what I thought. Fernandes has been doing that for two and a half years, or it's, however long he's been there. Which is which is fine when you have what Ollie Ollie did, which was he was like, well, I'll just put runners around him and he can do everything. But now he's been asked to play in a more composed way, and he can't do it. No, like, he doesn't in him, does he? Like the tweet of the weekend was that Bruno Fernandez plays like there's a shot, like there's a 24 second shot clock, because he is like a basketball player in which he has to, he feels like he has to try and make a killer pass or get a um, get an assist, but he just ends up booting the ball into the stands. And you watch him, and he's he's infuriating to watch. Yeah, he <clears throat> he really is. I I do struggle to watch both of those two, but Fernandez actually probably more so. I have for a little while just found him so wasteful at times he can do amazing brilliant things that a lot of people can't do but that but for so much of the other time he's just a liability and he's just uh, throwing his arms around and complaining and whining all the time i've just got no time for that at all it's, it's like the opposite of what the sort of characters we need in there at the moment basically did either of you see the incident where he throws a punch at the Southampton player and just? Uh, uh, mm, I thought he should have should have gone, but oh yeah. Do you, I mean, he's, he's tried to hit him. He's just missed. We're gonna penalise him for missing his punch. Like, well, he misses his shots. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the biggest winger in world football. He's horrible to watch. I think. Yeah. If that if that's right, it looks like what I think it looks like. But they didn't think... take anything of it on the broadcast either. I... Well, they mentioned it briefly, but yeah, he's gone. He's gone for a bit a right hook there, and he's just yeah. missed him. How does yeah. that not? I don't understand why that's not a red card. Oh, um, I thought that. Me neither. Me neither. What did you think of the the Maguire incident with Broger? Because I thought, what I mean, look, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I need no, I need no excuses to get in on the, a bit of a bit of Cobham, a bit of Cobham prop but I thought Broger played really well yeah. I thought he led the line really well I mean there's elements to his game that he's going to have to iron out before he plays for a, a top club but he does look a proper unit and he gave Maguire a torrid time and I know we like to I know Maguire's not having the best of seasons but he's still 
even on his worst day, an absolute unit. So, um, but he obviously had that little bit of a tangle. What did you make of it? Penalty? Possibly, yeah. (laughs) It's, uh... Uh, I think it would have been a bit harsh, personally. It did look a bit the six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. But still, still I'm given... I did really enjoy Broder's performance, uh, not gonna lie. Well, that's what I want to ask you because um, there's a couple of rumours doing the rounds that yes. um, that he might go to Arsenal mm-hmm. for uh, I think what were they saying, forty million? Oh, he's. You think you're getting him? You... I wouldn't pay that for him. Like we haven't seen enough no. from him for that. No, I wouldn't pay that. But that is what he's going to cost you. Yeah. Forty million. Forty million. Yes, that is what he's going to cost you. I do like him a lot. But I just we haven't seen enough. We've had like half a season nope. of this, so. Nope. His hold-up play is really good. He's really strong on the ball. I think he would fit from what I've seen. Would he? Yeah. I haven't got. That's what Lacazette does. Mm, I haven't got a clue. Anything in behind or anything like that. I haven't got a clue what Arteta wants from a striker. Because Lacazette play, Lacazette plays that one way. Like you say, not a lot from the ball, not a lot behind, but he does get involved in the build-up play. It's not about the goal stuff. stuff. Yeah, good. Yeah, but he, he's a lot of it is making the use of his touch. Whereas you look at Broger and you look at Vlahovic from what you've what I've seen of him, neither of them are extraordinarily technically gifted. Which is which is why I look at them and I'm like, well, it's a bit weird that he's going for them. That they seem to have identified these these type of personality for a striker it just I'm just not sure what Arsenal striker searches well the thing with Lacazette we're sort of stuck with him at the moment so whoever he plays is sort of what we're having to deal with at the moment. yeah but you you do see the fact that he's non-use of Aubameyang through the middle sort of even before like towards the back end of last season as well it kind of tells you that he's not looking for that presence in behind and he is looking for someone who can contribute to the build-up play a bit more um, yeah. and it just seems a bit weird that Broger and Vlahovic, who aren't really known for that, are two of the people they went for. No, it's, it's a fair point. But it's, it seems to be that Arsenal, because supposedly we could have had Icardi in a swap with Aubameyang. Fucking hell. But supposedly there's like a list of players that, whether it's Edu or whatever, have identified and they're not going to settle for, they're not just going to go for anyone. I'd be surprised if Broger's made his way onto that list. So it's going to be a that is cracking PR for Edu, but there is there is a there is a short list of I'm sure there's a short list of players where he's like, well these are the absolute untouchables. But let me tell you, they will sign not untouchables if they think they're good enough. No, well, and at the end of the day, yeah. if we couldn't get anyone on the list, we're going to have to sign someone because they're going to need striker. strikers next year. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, like a, it's a good chance like I said, does get them back, but I think he's going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, 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 United. Shocking. Yeah, I know. Yeah, really poor. <laughs> like, yeah, like I tr- like you, I try and avoid watching them, but they were the early kickoff, and I quite like Southampton. And good lord, diabolical. Um, are you, I, I know we. I don't want to stick too long, but I did think it was interesting to carry on our discussion of Ranić from last week, where we said we were a bit confused about what was going on. So we're in agreement that Pogba and Fernandez feel very unsuited to be eights 
certainly Fernandez. Pogba, I've got a bit more. If you put a worker in there, I could see it. But what do you think of this idea that Ranić's moving away from his four triple two to a four three three because he said he sees Pogba and Fernandez as eights? Does that worry you that he's moving away from what he knows works to accommodate two players who we don't even think can work in this system? Would you like me to answer that? Yes, I would. Actually. I thought you'd get angry. Yeah, of course, it obviously worries me. <laughs> you bring you bring the guy in to do one thing, and after three weeks, he realised that the players are actually shite and they don't work. So we're going to have to change to suit these guys. I mean, I also don't like the the noises coming out of the dressing room that they they call the American coach Ted Lasso, and there's. <laughs> I had a that. So I mean, there's some there's some bad apples in that in that club, definitely. I I don't know. I guess I do know why he's he's changed, but you brought him in to play his his thing and do football his way, and now we just it's, it's totally changed. It's also. It's also not working how you're doing it at the moment, Ralph. The 4-3-3 isn't working either. Just stuck with Solskjaer. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the no, performance has been better, have they? Yeah, but at least we've got something new to talk about. Should they get rid of uh, this coach? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's all we well, care about over here. Surely he's, he doesn't get the sack. I wonder if his uh, his two-year consultancy gig is uh, is in doubt, though. Well, he's pissing get, off everyone. Get him out of there. Pissing yeah. off everyone in the dressing room, isn't he? Um, let's move on. Mike, Newcastle. You said to me we must talk about Newcastle, we and must. I said I said I can't promise to be positive, and then you said you're going to have to be. Talk to me about Newcastle, the resurgent Newcastle. Well, you have to be positive. They won three in a row. Will they're going to stay up? When was the last time that happened? <laughs> I believe it was. Sometime under Rafa Benitez, I've heard the stat. It's like 2018 or something. Oh, it's not too bad. What about about 2010 or something like that? It feels like it's been longer. (laughs) Under (laughs) Pardew. Yes. (laughs) At the start of that six-year contract. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it an eight-year? I think it was an eight-year, wasn't it? Was just sublime. Didn't it expire last year? Yeah, last season, I think. At the end of last season. That is shocking. (laughs) What's been the reason for the turnaround, Mike? Uh, they've got better players. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Linton in the midfield? Yeah, I mean, we like Joel Linton in the eight role. Can you stop um, saying me? I actually do like him. <laughs> I mean, you You're anti-football if you don't like it. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They've, they have also had, I mean, it's not an easy run of fixtures, but a decent, decent run. Leeds away, who are in a bit of free fall at the moment. Then Everton, who are still, <clears throat> well, who were still trying to find their identity a bit under Frank uh, at home, and then Villa at home, who didn't play that well um, in this game. But yeah, obviously Eddie Howe is starting to make his mark. He has got better players. All of that is helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Wood looks kind of made for this team. Dan Byrne. Seems to have spotted in okay down there. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Right. Dan Byrne at the weekend versus Villa. Very good. And it's the first time I've seen a competent centre-half of Newcastle for years, since Colicini. 
I, I mean, listeners will know. I'm just glad that Kieran Clark's nowhere near the starting eleven now. Yeah, I mean, Paul Dummett's still around, which I didn't realise. But anyway. he, is, oh, yeah. he is still around. And I think we talked when we looked at the signings. Obviously, we made a lot of Kieran Trippier because that is Champions League quality to a team like Newcastle. And rightly um, so, given how he started. And he's a he's a cracking player. Um, and then obviously Bruno Guimarish, um on name value alone looks exciting but we talk about how much Newcastle needed a centre-half you looked at their crop of centre-halves like you mentioned Kieran Clark, Jamel Lascelles and um, Fabian Shah and it was so important that they got that transfer right that they got someone who was going to come in and be a competent centre-half but that was used to playing Eddie Howe's kind of like possession football which is why it makes a lot of sense to get Dan Burn in from Brighton who this season's been really good so you have got to credit the recruitment as being both medium term but also immediate term if you know what I mean like they they obviously identified a need and have really gone for it and that's what I think is a little bit at the heart of this turnaround yeah 100% they knew they had to there was at least two or three or four positions they had to get better and in pretty much all of them they have excuse me they have managed to do that on as you say both the short term which may well keep them in the league this year and they'll probably be around for the next couple of seasons at least, you'd think, uh, yeah. to be a part of their push up up the table slowly. Yeah, and he, he and honestly, Dan, if you go back and watch, Dan Byrne was really good against the Villa, and he I've was always liked him off he was he good. wasn't flashy, he wasn't anything, but he just won the ball in the air when he needed to win it, and it was and he just passed out pretty competently, and honestly. That sounds like damning with faint praise, but that is a massive improvement over what they were doing up at Newcastle. You don't need anything flashy out of your centre-half yeah. up there. No. no. You really don't. You just need something solid, and Dan Byrne is definitely that. And he's decent on the ball, because he was playing out wide sometimes, wasn't he, for Brighton? So. It was, yeah. Um, Ross, Newcastle. What do you make of them do you agree with mike that you think they might stay up yeah i've always liked eddie howe uh, i know certain, certain certain members of this uh... that's not allowed on this podcast you're <laughs> in his chair uh i i i do think they'll stay up yeah i think although i mentioned that trippy has uh gone down with it what seems to be a serious broken injury foot. broken foot yeah um, so they will be back to Emil Kraft at, at right back, it seems. Um, which is not ideal. <laughs> and given the impact Trippi has already had, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I mean, they're going to be better than Burnley, and they're going to be better than Norwich, and they're going to be better than Watford, I think. But yeah, I'll just come down to that. Yeah, and you think you've got like the Leeds and <clears throat> Brentford who are above them that could get drawn into it if one yeah. of those teams below Everton as well. Yeah, Even Everton have like, been drawn into Frank Lampard's Everton, please <laughs> remember. Yeah, I think Frank Lampard's Everton, which we may come on to. I don't know if we're, we're talking about it. They've we're not made... doing Everton four weeks in a fucking row. We're <laughs> not <God>. doing it. <laughs> I, I think they'll be all right, to be honest. By the sounds of it, Van der Beek played very well. He did. He did. Um, what I did want to ask you about Newcastle is, is the difference for them that 
unlike a lot of these other teams, they haven't have got a genuine X factor in set maximum. I mean, that's uh, a pretty big difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is he the best best player in the bottom six? Uh, I'd have to look yes. at the bottom six. Rafinha. Oh, sorry. Take it back. Rafinha's okay. the best player in the bottom six. Yeah. Are Everton in there? Everton if you say Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin, DCM. No. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, Watford have Dennis, who is putting the ball in the back of the net. His main Lasalle is excellent too, but none, of, the, none of these are a patch on Rafinha. Patrick Bamford. No, Rafinha. No, I do agree, Rafinha. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm on Burnley. I guess. Uh, well, they they played alright against Liverpool. They've got a chance, maybe getting out of it, but they've got so few points. They're on 14 points. They've won one. Yeah. They've got so few players as well of real quality. They had chances, real chances against Liverpool. Yeah. 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 yeah but... The last man you want to see trying to dink. Oh, we got that. Foot through it. Foot through it, they cost always when it's a guy of you. Um, yeah, I, I I hate to say it, but I do think Newcastle might be out of it. Because I was all for them getting relegated. I thought it would have been the funniest thing in the world. But um, Yeah, I do think they're out of it. Um, so I'm going to push you, lads. What are your predictions? Who do you think goes down? Who do you think stay? No, just tell me who goes down. I would love Everton to go down. Me too, but only. But oh, but that's I, Frank Lampard's Everton, please. Yeah, I think the box three. I think it's got to be. I just and the one that might, if if one of them doesn't go down, my pick to go down would be Brentford out of the others. Really, not Leeds, because they feel like they're in free fall. I think I would go Leeds to be fair. I think I think Brentford are in worse free fall. Really, because yeah. yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, be interested to see what happens in the second half of the season. I think Brent, um, from Brentford's point of view, I mean, they need Ivan Tony to catch fire, and they need it to him to catch fire quick. Yeah, Leeds have won two of the last six, and Brentford have have lost five and drawn one in their last six. And their draw, their draws are nil nil with Crystal Palace. That's tough. That's very tough. Um. Speaking of uh, underperforming London clubs, should we do Spurs? Please. Yes. This Honest... is something we can get up for. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's my question to you. Spurs, have they had the most Spurs week of all time? Like, <laughs> obviously they throw away the game against Southampton. Throw it away. Throw it away. Like, that is unacceptable what happened there. And then Wolves at the weekend, they lose 2-0. And Wolves are a good side. Have you seen Wolves' first goal? <laughs> yes. Like, like I, if you've not I, I seen it, you it now. The best signing of the window, which which I didn't realise had gone through, was Hugo Lloris to Wolves, because that was something <laughs> else. <laughs> what in the world? What is this guy doing? And then he almost gives them the second one. You know what? You know what it looked like Hugo Lloris. You know when people are volleyball and they're doing it on the same side, just trying to spike it up, like. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> I was like, is, this, is he drunk? Like, why are you punching that? He looked, honestly, it looked like David propaganda in 2012. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Waving yeah. his webbed hands around. Waving his webbed hands around. <laughs> Best thing is he'll never listen to this, so he, he, yeah. still, he still doesn't know that we told him he had webbed hands on last yeah. week's pod. 
But it goes beyond that, really, because they've they have got better, I think, under Conte. Or am I being? They definitely have, yeah. Okay. Why do you? I mean, what have you seen that makes you think they're getting they look a bit better at least? Well, I mean, they couldn't have got much worse than what was happening under Nuno at the end, could it? <laughs> Every conversation with Spurs goes to where it could be worse. <laughs> But they've definitely looked, they've definitely looked better going forward. I would say, um, although they still Kane still isn't found any kind of uh, yeah, it's weird that any form. And I think Spurs fans are probably feeling quite good about Kulusevski and Benson Kerr as well. Yeah, they play partic- Benson Kerr didn't play particularly well at the weekend. But I mean, I know from watching Spurs, and I've unfortunately watched them over the last couple of months quite a bit three times in fact and um they've lost every occasion but what i would say as opposed to under nuno is they at least look like they look like a conte team in the way they attack like conte is one of these people who's obsessed with patterns of play um and spurs have already started to click a bit with some of those patterns of play i mean the big problem mike is that defense like it is awful well, I was going to say the defence in the midfield, but the defence in particular is is horrendous. And I was glad to see Emerson Royale not in the side for this one, at least, because they managed to replace <laughs> Serge Aurier with a guy who looks to have modelled his career on Serge Aurier. <laughs> quite sensational. But they've managed to find another one. I don't, I don't know what the policy is for buying right-backs there, but it is sensational. So, I mean, Sanchez is... Terrible. Sanchez, he's not good. <laughs> Tony Cascarino in today's <laughs> times, by the way, has um, has a great. He's like Tavis Sanchez has got a bit of pace and he's got a bit of natural ability, but he's not a defender. He says he said he came from Ajax and Ajax don't face anyone in the Dutch league. I was just like, all right, Tony, bloody hell! It's like a proper like, it's like a three paragraph assassination, and it starts off with Sanchez, and the Dutch league just starts catching straight. <laughs> it's great. Sorry, I interrupted you that's all right you've got yeah you obviously you got Sanchez I think we've covered him uh Romero seems to be a half decent player but when you you left yeah yeah he's barely played Ben Davis has been terrible from what I've seen Ben Davis hasn't been good he's not a left centre back no he's barely a left back to be fair yeah he's hardly a left back and then you've got another non-left back outside of him in Sessegnon it's just an awful back five I don't like Winks in midfield. No. Um, obviously, you slot Benton Core in there. They've just got to be better at keeping hold of the ball. They they can't keep hold of the ball well enough. Well, in theory, that, means, that means they can't get it forward to the where their good players are, which is Kane and Son. Isn't that that's probably what they went for Benton Core, isn't that? Yeah, that, you think well, that's why Benton Core comes in. And I mean, Benton Benz- Benz- Core is a player is more I would say more in the Hoiberg mould of someone who can break up play and then get it get it forward quickly. But he's not he's not gonna solve that issue of creativity, which is an issue they've had since they've had at Spurs since they lost Ericsson. Um by the way, great to see him on the pitch at Brentford. Um yeah. but they they've they haven't had that work and that is kind of what they were trying to do with Lacelso and Indombele. So 
it is going to be interesting to see how they fix that. A, a lot of it will probably be helped out when you've got Regulon back because he's got, like, I'm not convinced about him as a defender, but certainly he's got a bit more of a thrust to his play than they've got on the left currently. He's at least an international, which is a good reference for anyone who remembers. Yeah. Is Emerson Royale going to win the Tangay and Dombele Memorial Award for worst Premier League signing at the end of the round season awards? Because I think... He's got a bloody good shout as it sounds. We've done, I can't remember who won it last year, but we've done three years of awards. If Spurs players take it home twice, that's going to be incredible, given how little Levy buys. Yeah, I mean, one of them was, was, I mean, one of them's got the award named after him. That's that's what he should do in Dombele. That's true. I can't remember who. Oh, it is the, sorry, it is the the Timo Bakayoko. Who got the, there's an Indombele award as well. I need to check the award categories out. More on this at the end of the season. Always <laughs> <laughs> a fun episode, that one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's always beforehand when I tell Dave the crazy rookie of the year rules, and he's like, "But can I have him?" And I'm like, "Dave, he's played 200 games. No, you can't <laughs> have Bill Bowden. You can't have Bowden." Um, okay. Um, Spurs, how do you rate their chances of getting top four? Not well, I imagine. No, no, okay, no, no. Stuff. No, sorry, Spurs fans. <clears throat> and you've got Man City next. So have the Arsenal are getting in there. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I actually think Arsenal are, well, they've got to be the favourite, haven't they? I think. I, I think. I feel like we're the best team of the bunch going for it. Personally. I mean, that makes a bit Who's in the, who's in the running for fourth? So you've got Ham. West Ham, United, Arsenal, Wolves, and Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, but you're in you that bought, order as it stands. But you, Arsenal you, and so you boys Spurs. haven't got a player the quality of Jared Bowen. I'm a big Jared Bowen fan. You've always haven't got a player the quality of Declan Rice. I uh, mean that. that. I mean certainly in central midfield we haven't. Yeah. I'm not sure you got one anywhere, but they are. Yeah, we'll have to see how West Ham get on with juggling Europe and stuff for the rest of the season. And, and juggling cats. Anyway, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, apologies. Apologies. Um, oh, good job we don't have the Cafe Rouge sponsorship, otherwise we'd have lost it. Um, no, no, no worry, Will. We'll still pick you for the next pod. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly on Spurs, what do you make of Conte publicly telling his players that they don't have a winning mentality and you can't buy it? Is it a bit early to be going scorched earth with all these players? Nah, Mourinho said it on an Amazon documentary like two years ago. It's, it's well, it's well out there now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Personally, if I was if I was a player, and me manage, I'd be like, it's been here four minutes. Yeah, and he's managed to sniff me out already. Yeah, yeah. Well, but if let's be honest, Ben Davis, Ben Davis, the sort of model of the game after him. Stay, stay, stay on the touchline. Try not to do anything. Occasionally play a ball down the line. There you are. <laughs> anyway, uh, you want to talk about Bruno Large's Wolves? I don't because they're really boring. But I'll let you talk about them. Well, they are boring and they don't score many goals, but they do. Uh, they're always in football matches, which is quite a good quality to have. Yeah. Uh, they've appeared in seventh in, in the Premier League table, which I don't know when they got there because because of how boring they are. I haven't really noticed the percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're kind of yeah, as we said, they're kind of in the top four race. <clears throat> yeah, they're in the race. I'd be surprised if they get there, given that they've scored less than a goal a game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they still put two past Spurs away. Uh, let me just. Oh, Spurs! 
They won at the Arsenal last week. But, yeah. They lose to the Arsenal. No, we beat him 1 0. 1 0. Oh, was that with the um, the Martinelli red? Yeah. What did you make of that? I don't know what all the fuss is about. Uh, Maybe Ross had to tell me what it's all about, but I don't get it at all. Well, he's been really stupid, and he's given the ref the opportunity to do that. It's just, I've never seen that. I've watched quite a lot of football. I've never seen that where he's given two yellows in one. I don't know what the rules say about it. I'm assuming it's okay. Two bookable offences, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Isn't the only question... I've got no issue with it. When it happened immediately, I had no Uh, issue with it. The only thing you'd say is... Uh, he maybe commits the second one because he hasn't already been booked with the first one. That's the only thing I think you can say. My question is it's impossible for the ref to go, I'm booking you for that, by the way, in real time. So uh, yeah. there's no other way around it. I don't Here's think. my question. Isn't, can, he, can you be booked twice for the same passage of play? That is the wasn't only it, question. Wasn't it the same passage of play, Mike? I'm asking yeah, you because you refereed. Before. Yeah, no, I'd say it was, yeah. So can you be booked twice? So you can be booked twice in the same passage of play? I guess so. Doesn't a booking end a passage of play, though? Uh, well, not necessarily, because you can play advantage and come back and book someone, which is kind of what happened, wasn't it? Fair enough. Good answer. Yeah, yeah I guess that's that must be a thing that can happen. Okay, I also have never seen it before, but I was quite... Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a, for, for what it's worth, I didn't have a problem with it. And I've no, no, well, I'm an Arsenal fan, and when I saw it, I was... Um, <laughs> I thought he's going to book him twice. That was what I thought before it even happened. I thought he's he's going to do that. And that's what happened. And I might be so surprised. I don't really know. I, given I, he intentionally <laughs> tried to stop a throw by pushing a guy. And and then, then, the most obvious it? yellow card of your career, the second one. Because we were reasonably comfortable at the time. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Crazy. And then... Yeah. Is that Mr. Sir following that? Uh, I've done some quick maths and Wolves are picking up 1.76 goals per uh, sorry points per goal which is quite a sensational achievement that is impressive it is interesting isn't it because um you look at their team and Nuno and how it's sort of changed and it's sort of been pretty similar the whole time they've been in the league um but only what you'd say now is Jimenez isn't giving them the output he used to yet they keep trucking on and Adama Traore was he was (laughs) one of the better players in the league two seasons ago he's off to Barcelona he's gone um they just keep going isn't it it's just isn't it a test it's just a testament to how good coaching can be on a football yeah, match I, mean, I, I, I don't know if I speak for you two but I'd never heard of this guy when he came never in heard of him. um and yes they are boring but they're they are picking up points at, at a good rate. They're clearly very well drilled and well coached, just like we said about Southampton. I lo- I, the back three is good. Again, the keeper I'd never heard of. He's turned out to be a bit of a revelation back there as well. He's been really good. Here's a question for you, Mike. Pedence is good, but he just seems to never... He's better than Adama Traore. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. But here's my question for the two of you. If you put Bruno Larke in front of um, and I don't know if I'm saying that right I'm going to call him Bruno Lager because it's easier um, <laughs> right. if you put him in the Bundesliga <laughs> could you <laughs> could he could you <laughs> if you could gave him the two goals the opposition if you like if you like put him in charge of Dortmund 
how much how much they do they do they go undefeated in that league? <laughs> you give him a man against coach defense. You give him a man coach defense. Bruno Lage walks into the first start day of training. He's like, it's an idea. We're gonna sit behind the halfway line. Here's <laughs> what we're gonna do behind the halfway line. Behind it. Uh, while we're on the subject of managers, Mike um, Graham Potter plays has his hundredth game in charge of Brighton tonight. Is it tonight or tomorrow? Away at Old Trafford. Audition for the big job? Well, let's bloody hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, as I was saying, it sounds like pot, everything, everyone's saying it's going to be Potch, but uh, yeah, get him in. How do you feel about Potch? Are you, are you put off by the fact that he's done such a poor job at managing the egos at PSG? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> I do think there's a lot of morons at PSG at the moment, so it is a difficult task. Uh, a lot of morons at Man United. Yes, that is, I mean that would seem like a fairly large red flag, particularly at the moment. Um, he's, from what I've seen, he's a lot better at taking a young team through uh, and building them up into a good team which is not what he's got a PSG and it's not what you've got a United either. So for me, he's not the fit, but that seems to be the where everyone's going. I do like him, but I don't know if he's a fit at United. That's the, I don't know who is really. Can we just burn it down? <laughs> start again. Ronaldo That's, player manager? Definitely start I'm the just, again. I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about the compilation of Pogba passes from against Brighton, where he's just switching the players on the left side of his feet. Sorry, I just I've lost Mike again, ladies and gentlemen. He's looking very angry. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this. I, I've got to see it now. Wound me up enough. I need to know. <laughs> well, my favourite thing about it, and I'm sorry, I know we we've got the pod is just off the rails there. My favourite thing about it is someone in the comments underneath was like, yeah. And if Trent, if Trent was doing this, people would be going wild about it. And I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, I saw a thing that was like, um, I can't remember where I read it. Um, but you don't, you don't could, need to for this podcast. Yeah, I know. I've, I've heard they. Um, <laughs> that they might swap. There'd be like a swap for Potch involving Ronaldo going to PSG, which would. Line up with Mike's prediction. Oh my oh, god! For God's sake, lads, it's happening. Ugh. Because one of the predictions also was that um, Newcastle would stay up and Joel Linton would get five league goals. I know he hasn't been scoring, yeah. but it's, it's looking good for them staying up. All so. he needs is like a hat trick. I think that's all he needs. Did you, he get did you see the one. Did you see the clip of um, uh, Joel Linton coming onto the ball at the edge of the box? Instead of slide side footing at home, side footing his own leg and falling <laughs> over. Because as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I've never felt more confident about a bet in my life. I'm like, five goals, this bloke's not getting to two. Yeah, I mean, he is only on one as it stands, which is... So he needs four. If he gets a couple of races, then... Lads, lads, don't do it to yourselves. Don't do it to yourselves. Um, quickly, moving on from Premier League. Round of 16 in the uh, Champions League in the next two weeks. So here's what I want, I'm want. i going to do. I want to go tie by tie and I want your predictions for who wins it. I love this game. Okay. okay. 
Glamour tie of the round, probably. PSG Real Madrid. The Mbappe Classico. Who do we like? Oh, neither of them. Can I say neither? Yeah. PSG, though. Ross? I like Madrid. Benzema's not fit. I like PSG. (laughs) (laughs) Um... It's interesting, actually, though, because you, what you'd say about is um, PSG's greatest strength is obviously that front three. Real Madrid's greatest strength is their midfield, their ageing midfield. Um, I've just got a bit of I've got a horrible feeling that they're just going to get run over Real Madrid. And PSG are going to get through despite not being very good, as they were against City. That, that's kind of how I think it's going to play out. They're not going to be good and they're still going to win. Yeah. Are we expecting a monster Mbappe performance like against Barcelona last year? Are you expecting for him to think to himself, I want to put a marker down before I turn up at this place. I just want to absolutely ruin them. I mean, that would be great, yeah. 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 I'd enjoy that. I want to see Messi tear Madrid a new one, if I'm honest. But... Well, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Could happen. Could happen. Um, Up next, oh my God. This... Sporting versus Man City. City. Bit of a banana skin, but two legs City go through, I think. Oh, I can't see him. I can't see him failing there. I'm sure Pep, Pep might do something crazy like play Mara's at right back. Play Mara's yeah, in goal, I think they still win this one. Play Mara's in goal and he's all of a sudden the Algerian Oliver Kahn. Um, <laughs> I, had to double, I had to do a double take on this one. RB Salzburg, the Austrian yeah. versus Bayern. Um, now... I don't know. They did, but as we know, as we know, that's the Bundesliga, and in the The, Champions League, they're from the Austrian Bundesliga. Ah, okay. So we can we can expect another hell to skelter (laughs) seventeen-one to Bayern, can we? Yeah, it's going to finish like (laughs) fifteen-four. I can't look past Bayern. To Bayern. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know they lost to Bayern, but I think they're uh, they're in my group of favourites for the whole competition so I expect to ease past an interesting yep. one here um, Inter versus Liverpool Simone and Zarge's Inter obviously with Dzeko at the forefront they've been going well in the uh, in, in Syria I think they're just off top though because Giroud, Giroud is leading the other side of Milan to glory over there but in terms of damage for Liverpool this is not an easy tie for them is it it's not a gimme yeah, definitely tough. not no, definitely not. Inter, Inter are a good side. And, uh, I still think Liverpool win, but yeah. I, I think so too. It's not an easy draw for this round. No, really tough for the round of 16. No. You expecting a close one at least? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the opening... No away goals is there this year. No away goals is a big thing, yeah. But um, what you would say is the second leg's at Anfield, so you'd expect the crowd to roar them through. As, it, yeah. as goes the classic football manager reference. Um, uh, Chelsea versus Lille. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, all right, let's move on. Thoroughly dull, that, that one is. At least I hope it is. Let's go through. Yeah. Let's score four, four goals to no reply and let's not even think about it. Villarreal versus Juventus. Who do I ever is Barmy Arby? How I'm do going, we I'm going Villarreal. Oh, oh, he's picking against the grade. Here we go. I could see it, but I watched them in that second game and they weren't good against United. Well, what you would say for Villarreal is particularly given how they sort of, they favour a bit defence. They've 
they look towards the more defensive side of the ball. These are the teams that typically in Europe did better when the away goals were a factor. What you would say about Juve is although they've had a bad start to the season, they have just bought Vlahovic, who's already hit the ground running for them. He's an absolute monster. So you would expect Juve to get through here. I don't think they're a great side, but you really would expect them to get through. Yeah, I'd go with Juve as well. Turns out Vlahovic wasn't just a, an extra anomaly by the looks of it. Well, we'll give him another season. I mean, he's had two seasons banging him in in Syria, to be Look fair. Him, yeah, in Syria. Come on. Defense, it's not the Bundesliga world. Defences are in the other six-yard box. Come on. I'll tell you what, it is a bit Bundesliga-y at times when you watch the highlights. Nothing, nothing yeah. is like the Bundesliga. I'm sorry. <laughs> One of my favourite. you got Matt Tubbles, who is really slow, defending up on the halfway line with like Zagadou, and you're like, clearly... Against more attackers. One, yeah. of these, one of these days, we're going to bring the Twitch uh, We're going to bring the Twitch stream back just so we can get Mike watching a Bundesliga game. Because we have to do this. There is, there is nothing, ladies and gentlemen, better than, watch, than listening to Mike watch Bundesliga highlights because he's fuming. Honestly, he's, even in the one-minute highlights gets me worked up. Oh They're only a minute. <laughs> what are they doing? I mean, watch the Bocker ones go because it's four. Two of them are absolute stunners. There's nothing they can do against them. Anyway. Tie of the round here. Atletico Madrid versus Man United. The real question is not who's going to win, but can you stay asleep? And certainly the answer is yes. You absolutely can stay asleep. <laughs> and don't wake up. This would be my advice. Honestly, both these teams are shit. So I, I have no idea who wins this because neither team are good. Does, I'm back in Atletico. Yeah, okay, I mean, I think I'd... I think I'm back I'd, in Ronaldo. Well, but yeah. Back in Ronaldo. Yeah, I... It's... Uh, I would like Trafford helps, I guess. Do you know what I would like actually? I'd like to propose a ruling is that we eliminate both of these teams <laughs> and we bring back one of Inter or Real Madrid. Inter? Let's bring Inter back, okay. Yeah, let Inter through. Make a, fans make a note of that. We'll be referring to Inter uh, in place of Man United from here on in. And then your final tie, the glamour tie of the round, Benfica versus Ajax. Such a nothing tie. Well, Ajax, like Ajax. Ajax. Yeah, they were really Ajax good. Ajax have been some of the best. Yeah, Ajax will probably go through, but come on. You really? I'm I mean, Ajax. are we going to talk about Ajax's attacking prowess? Because they've been phenomenal this tournament, although they have played Dortmund twice. Well, they've got Sebastian Haller, so. Yeah, they've also <laughs> got they've also got Anthony, who plays right wing for them. And if you haven't seen Anthony play, I suggest you watch him because he's a nutter, and I love it. He's just he look. This is good look. This is going to sound like wild praise, and I mean it in terms of the way he played the football. In playing football, but you know when you watch footballers now, and they are all so sanitised, and they all play within this tactics, and it's part of the reason Pep Guardiola ruined football because he decided he was going to micromanage everyone from the touchline. I digress. But all these wingers now are less about aesthetics, like they were in our youth, and now they're all about. Oh, you've got to get to the back post for your tapping. Okay, fair enough. Anthony reminds me of old classic Ronaldinho. He will beat you and then he will get the ball out of the proper position, bring it back and beat you again just to make you look like an absolute turd burglar. So if you get a chance to watch him, watch him because he is phenomenal and he will take Benfica's defenders for a walk and it'll be wonderful. It does help when you don't play anyone in the Dutch league. That is, that is true. That is true, but he... I will tell you, he did it to a defensive stalwart in Schultz, who plays for Dortmund at left back. Yeah, the, 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 hit, the hit defender. 
Bundesliga. Bundesliga. Bundesliga, as people call it. That's what Tyson Fury calls it, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Europa League predictions? We don't care. Yeah, who actually cares? Honest answer. I am interested to see who Barcelona just because it's funny. Barcelona, it's funny that you're in Europe. Well, they've got Adamasura and Aubameyang now, so how can they really go out? Well, I mean, if Aubameyang's there, they certainly will be out. Good Lord. <laughs> he loves the sauce. Anyway, that, speaking of loving the sauce, Dave will be back next week. Um, so, that'll do us for this week. It will. Won't it, Mike? It absolutely will. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Yep, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for coming. Um, if the, welcome to the team, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the team. Ross Bird probably coming on the pod quite a bit more, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so um, if you dislike him, tough. <laughs> uh, Ross, if the people want to find you, where can they find you? Oh, God. I don't know my Twitter. Ross Birdie 14. <laughs> underscore. Uh, Ross Bird underscore 14. I think. If, you, if you want to find him on uh, Modern Warfare 2, of course, uh, as Henry Hodgson likes to say, you can find him on Xbox Live at Ross Birdie 14 as well, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, Mike, underscore the, 14 on the PlayStation. Underscore. Well, there we go. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's a, you're going to get some friends. Um, first one's ever. <laughs> um, Mike, if the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? <laughs> Yeah, I've got my Activision ID up, so it's Goose, <laughs> hashtag 3039902. So, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you want to get ignored by me, then yeah, yeah, send me an invite. Yeah, and if you want to, uh, if you want to join us uh, in our conquering of Caldera, you can find me at uh, Maverick or whatever the numbers <laughs> are after the game. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're gonna leave you be, and we're gonna go in uh, in search of a classic dub. But until next time, Mike. Sayonara. <laughs>